0: You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Jake Neer. I'm in for Stephen Henderson today. Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan caused a bit of of an uproar last week when he said he was declining 6,200 doses of the Johnson & Johnson coronavirus vaccine. The mayor at the time said he wanted Detroiters to get, quote, the best vaccines on the market. Public health experts say the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is highly effective, especially where it matters most right now, preventing hospitalizations and deaths. But there is a perception about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine that this story plays into, and it's one that public health officials want to combat as they tell Americans to get the first vaccine available to us. Duggan has since said that the city will accept future shipments of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and he penned an op-ed in the Detroit Free Press seeming to walk back a lot of the statements about J&J being an inferior vaccine and he urged Detroiters to get whichever vaccine becomes available to them first. Crane's Detroit Business senior editor, Ch- Chad Live and Good recently wrote a column about all of this titled Why Duggan's Rejection of J&J Vaccine is Dangerous in Michigan's Fight to End the Pandemic. He joins me now to talk about it. Chad, welcome back to Detroit Today.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Jake.
0: We should note off the top that we did reach out to uh, Duggan's office and asked if he would joined the show to talk about this issue. Uh, spokesman John Roach said the mayor is not doing any additional interviews right now as he prepares for his State of the City speech tonight. Uh, but he passed along this statement from the mayor. He says, every single eligible Detroiter can call today and make an appointment and will receive a Moderna Pfizer vaccine. Next week, which is now this week, at the TCF Center, as vaccine eligibility expands, Detroit will open a second site offering Johnson & Johnson vaccines. I have full confidence that the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is both safe and effective. We are making plans now for Johnson & Johnson to be a key part of our expansion of vaccine centers and are looking forward to receiving Johnson & Johnson vaccines in the next allocation. So, Chad, again, that's the statement from the mayor uh, that was sent last week, late last week. Um, but when it comes to that initial decision by Mayor Duggan, uh, you clearly weren't a fan of that. And uh, you, you had a lot to say about his decision to turn away Johnson & Johnson vaccines. Uh, and you also go a little bit further in your column by saying it hurts the entire state's efforts to fight the virus. So uh, explain uh, you know, your reaction to that and uh, why you say that um, this is bigger than just uh, one decision.
1: Yeah. I mean by by sort of making it out to be an inferior vaccine, I mean he his words were Johnson Johnson's a very good vaccine. Moderna and Pfizer are the best. And by saying they're the best, you've you've basically given he he gave short shrift to, to, to the J and J vaccine, which um is was was shown in the, in its testing and trials as hundred percent effective in preventing hospitalizations and death. And and for a city that has lost 1,800 of its residents over the last 12 months, um, preventing death ought to be goal number one. Uh, and and so, so, the, and Mayor Mike Duggan. I mean, this is uh, he is a very very powerful political figure outside of Mich- outside of Detroit, uh, and, at, and in other parts of the country um, for his management of the city, for his data-driven management of the city. And so, it, I found it just sort of astonishing that um that Mike Duggan was was giving this uh vaccine kind of uh, um you know kind of putting it down and and saying you know it's 70% effective if you get mild cases of 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 vaccine or of of the um the virus rather and but that not, is not the uh is the goal of the vaccine i mean the goal of the vaccine is, is to prevent people from having severe hospitalizations or uh, and perishing from this from this virus and so um I, I just uh, yeah, I just thought it was really know a, a very, very poorly um constructed argument. Um and then he then he kind of went on a whole bunch of different things, you know, um there was a couple of different stories that sort of came up. Well, we we don't have the capacity for it. Well I I don't buy that that either. I mean uh uh there are some world class hospitals in Detroit. If you don't have the capacity at the TCF Center to add another lane for the single shot Johnson Johnson vaccine then just drive it over to the Detroit Medical Center or Henry Ford Hospital or St. John's Hospital. And I'm sure they could put that to work pretty quickly, uh, getting those shots in people's arms. And so, um, and then, and then by, you know, by, by Friday morning, uh, the, the outrage of this, of these comments, uh, he was getting, you know, excruciated on, on social media and, uh, CNN and other national outlets were starting to kind of pick up on the story. And then what you saw was, was the White House stepped in at some point, and they called the mayor, and and then uh, one of the White House uh, uh, senior advisors went on the weekly or daily uh, COVID nineteen briefing with Dr. Fauci, and basically, you know, sort of a sort of rescued uh, Mike Duggan from his comments by saying, "Oh, the the mayor is eager uh, to get these to get this vaccine," and almost on cue, the mayor was having his own briefing where he was talking about his eagerness uh, to get the, to get the Johnson Johnson vaccine. And, you know, they're trying to basically get this controversy to blow over. Now, I, we are told by uh, the deputy mayor, Conrad Mallet that uh, that uh, Mayor Duggan and I will address the J and J mm-hmm. vaccine and talk about it and, and basically lay out some plans where when they're going to put it into distribution. Um, sort of side note, we they, they turned down these 6200 doses last uh, week. And then the, there was only just an initial surge of Johnson Johnson vaccine, and then there's there's not going to be any for a couple of weeks while the manufacturing capacity gets ramped up from Johnson Johnson. Some of which is actually being produced and manufactured in Grand Rapids by a contract manufacturer.
0: And and you did mention that the one of the things that the, the administration said about this was the capacity issue, and that was actually one of the the first things that I thought of when I when I saw that. I mean, um, you know. Detroit is getting, uh, D- as Duggan said in his statement, he that the city is getting enough doses of the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine to fill all of the appointments that were currently in place at the time. Uh, Detroit is offering more vaccines to people even outside of the normal eligibility requirements right now. I mean, we've seen the city open vaccines up to people who can drive older residents to vaccine appointments. There have been some locations offering Vaccines on a first come first serve basis, regardless of eligibility, uh, of course, on a very limited one time basis. But it's it's also just I, I'm wondering if it, if it that was the first thing that came to my mind. Is it possible that Detroit just had um, you know more vaccines than it could currently dispense in that immediate term, uh, given the logistics needed to make that happen?
1: Yeah, I mean that, that's that's possible. The health department is is maxed out. You know, there there still is a virus out there and. And they're still working on contact tracing and all the other aspects of public health uh, that have been involved in this sort of day and night work in, uh, in this fight against COVID nineteen. But the other option is Wayne County's health department has capacity. I, I just don't. Um, I don't subscribe to the sort of territorialness of, of, of government health departments and and the hospitals. being uh, have to be separate. I think mm. in this pandemic they all got to all be working together. Um the hospitals have been complaining for weeks that they're getting fewer doses or they don't have as many as they, they have demand. Um I mean we've heard that. We heard a lot of that that from Beaumont recently. We haven't heard publicly from, from you know the DMC or from uh from Henry Ford. But but again, uh those hospital systems have hundreds of thousands of patients uh in their systems just in Wayne County and Detroit alone. And so uh, to me, it just, just seems, uh, you know, uh, unfathomable that they, that if there was too much vaccine for Detroit to handle in one uh, setting, that they couldn't simply get that to Detroiters in a different uh, using a different uh, um, provider uh, than than the city health department.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, the way that the, Z- the vaccine rollout has gone so far pretty much everywhere. The idea of too much vaccine seems uh, almost nonsensical just based on. Uh, where we've been so far. Um, you're listening to yeah. Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer, sitting in for Stephen Henderson today. I'm talking with Chad Good, the senior editor at Cranes Detroit Business. He wrote a column in Cranes titled, Why Duggan's Rejection of the J&J Vaccine is Dangerous in Michigan's Fight to End the Pandemic. We also want to hear from you during this conversation. What do you think of the mayor's initial refusal of the Johnson & Jackson Vaccines Do you think local governments, states, or even individuals should be opting for one vaccine over the other? What are you personally doing when it comes to vaccines? And will you get the first vaccine that becomes available to you? Why or why not? And we especially want to hear about your own efforts to get a vaccine. Have you been able to get an appointment? Are you vaccinated at this point? How difficult has it been for you? Of course, the number is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also use the hashtag DetroitToday and leave that on Twitter with your comments. We'll try to work those into the conversation. And, Chad, I, I did want to talk about how Duggan has walked this back. And as we've noted, uh, we'll accept the Johnson & Johnson vaccines moving forward. Uh, what's your reaction to his uh, sort of the, his string of actions since late last week after his initial decision?
1: Well, I think, that unfortunately, the damage is done here. I mean, there are the, the mayor was you know all over TV for a day or two saying why he was not taking the vaccine. And and that, um People who watch that, that might stick. Um, uh, and like I said, Mike Duggan has a lot of, of influence and sway outside of, of, of the city of Detroit. Um, he's, you know, polling has shown he's been, he's pretty popular figure in the suburbs in Oakland and Macomb County and Western Wayne County. Of course, he, you know, he came from Livonia uh, when he moved back to the city to uh, to run for mayor. So he's got a lot of um, uh, of, of influence there and also outstate. I mean, outstate uh, republican legislators who control the, the legislature have uh, you know uh, have routinely worked with him on a whole host of legislation uh, and uh, the, the auto insurance reform that he pushed for many years um was passed by you know, going out and convincing uh uh rural republicans and in, in uh, outside of the state that they all they too were paying too much money uh for for their for their um, auto insurance and so He's got some sway and influence out there. So my concern is that, you know, they, they see Mike Guggins saying you shouldn't take the Johnson & Johnson vaccine or I'm not accepting it. It's not good enough. Then it, they'll say, hey, it's not good enough for my residents in Emmett County uh, or or some other corner of the state. Uh, and then you might have another case where people, other health departments or people start, you know, turning that one vaccine down. And, and you basically, you know, Mike Duggan will be responsible for misinformation about vaccines uh, at a time that's very critical uh, to getting as many people uh, inoculated to, to stop this virus from taking so many uh, people's lives and, and causing all kinds of uh, health effects on people long term and, and just ra- ravaging our economy and, and, uh, and as well at the same time.
0: Again, the number on the lines is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. Uh, how's your quest to get a vaccine going? Have you been vaccinated? Tell us about your experience there. And also talk about uh, again Mayor Duggan's initial refusal of taking the Johnson and Johnson vaccines here in Detroit and uh, his decision to uh accept future shipments. What does that mean to you? Again, 313-577-1019. I want to go to Adrian in Detroit. Adrian, welcome to Detroit today.
2: Well, good morning. Um I must start off by saying that I received both of my doses of Pfizer. I'm also a vaccinator, Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: I also know that the J and J vaccine is only 70% as compared to the other two, which are 95. But when you have a homeless population, we need to get the vaccine to them because we can't guarantee they'll be back for a second dose or if we could find them for a second dose. So this one dose shot of J&J is better than no vaccine at all. So I know that our mayors want us to have the best. But when you're dealing with a large homeless population, that's, you know, that you won't be able to find them. I believe that one shot should do them well. It's better to be vaccinated than not to be vaccinated.
0: Yeah. Adrienne, I really appreciate you t- uh, saying that. And uh, thank you for listening and calling. And uh, Chad, uh, first of all, I want to I I want to talk a little bit about uh, the, and there's two parts of Adrian's comment here that I want to get to. So, let's start with the first part, which is about comparing the uh, the, the, the effective rates uh, in the clinical trials. I think it's really important to note that, the, as you say in your column, this is an apples to oranges comparison. Uh, public health effect, uh, experts have told us, basically, you can't look at that 70% and that 95% or, or in the, that ballpark and, and, uh, and, and compare those because they happened in very different situations. They are different clinical trials. Uh, so I want to I, I wanna first yeah. make that note, but I also want to 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 say that there is that, that dug in, in some ways, is fighting a very real perception. About the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, Uh, you know, we we you know that that this perception exists that J and J is less effective than the others, and that it's more likely to be sent to underserved and low income communities. I mean, essentially creating a two tiered and unequal vaccine rollout. I mean, when I first heard what Duggan was doing last week, that was one another one of the things I thought of that, you know, he possibly didn't want Detroiters to even have that perception that they were once again on the wrong end of an unequal public health response. Uh, I'm curious what you think of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that, uh, is a rational uh, reason, but the uh, science doesn't back it up if your goal is to uh, prevent death of Detroiters uh, at the end of the day. And with the severe infections, uh, it's 85 percent effective. Um, in the separate trials for that Pfizer uh, vaccine, it was 75% effective. And why people ought to be careful about not comparing these effective rates is they are uh, they were done at different stages. The, 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 the Pfizer and Moderna um, trials were conducted earlier last spring and summer uh, uh, before we had a lot of different new variants of mutations of this virus and Johnson Johnson was tested against some of the variants so it was it was more effective against some of those variants in the US uh than uh than we know that the uh, Pfizer and Moderna vaccines uh, have been so um that's that's the the end of the day explanation is is that they just they're just different stages of, of the of the uh, pandemic that these vaccines have been tested in, and, and they're not um, you know, being tested against the same exact strain, and all the variables are not the same. Uh, and so uh, you have to look at them kind of independently. Uh, it is a different from a scientific type uh, of vaccine. It's different than uh, it's a traditional what they call DNA vaccine, vaccine versus a an mRNA vaccine, which is what the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines are. So, um, and it's uh, um, they, you know it's, it has it is one single dose, uh, so it's not it doesn't require a booster shot. So, uh, to your caller's point, that, that's something that I that's just kind of seemed struck to me is. Is the mobility of this vaccine mm-hmm. to go door to door, if necessary, uh, and vaccinate people, um, is a lot more uh, viable than than these these two appointments. Um, you know, and you know, Mayor Duggan has created a great system. Uh, it, it is probably one of the best in the country. Uh, yeah, you know, dr- drive through uh, testing. Yeah, he you know, the Detroit kind of basically pioneered that. Um, doing it out at the um at the fairgrounds and that, and I know that that was a that was all Mike Duggan uh scheming that. I heard from his own staff that they got called into uh Sunday night uh planning session to try to figure out how to how to stand that thing up in a, in a week's time mm-hmm. basically. Same thing down at the at TCF Center with the drive-through um, uh system with with, uh, with but it requires a second um, uh follow-up shot in order to be effective. This Johnson & Johnson uh, um, a, a vaccine requires one shot, and, 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 you know, and its testing so far has shown that it, it's 100% effective yeah. against death.
0: Yeah. And, and, and to Adrienne's point, the idea of, uh, you know, any city with a lot with underserved communities, especially homeless population, uh, it does seem like a one shot vaccine could be very useful in those efforts. Now, we'll, we'll get to more of these uh, ideas right after a short break. We'll hear more from Chad Good, senior editor with Crane's Detroit Business. And uh, stay on the lines, David in Selfield, Dave in Detroit, Sandra in Detroit. Don't go anywhere. You're up next. to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Jake Neer in for Stephen Henderson today. I'm speaking with Chad Live and Good, senior editor with Cranes Detroit Business. Chad wrote a column in Cranes titled, Why Duggan's Rejection of J&J Vaccine is Dangerous in Michigan's Fight to End the Pandemic. We are talking about this. We're talking about the bigger idea of states, cities, and and even individuals choosing which vaccine to take instead of another, uh, should that be the case. Uh, and we're going to hear from you in this uh, segment, uh, and if you want to join the conversation, you, the number is 313-577-1019. And before we get to calls, Chad, I just want to note that you've you've also been doing a lot of great work around the state's social vulnerability index. And uh, listeners, before, <laughs> before you tune out, this is a very important aspect of the state's um, uh, ability to, or their, the, how they're uh, actually going about making sure that the people that need the vaccines the most are getting them, and it's actually causing quite a bit of controversy in Lansing right now. So, Chad, first of all, remind the audience what the Social Vulnerability Index is and how it's being used.
1: So the Social Vulnerability Index, or SVI is is a calculation that uh, takes into a whole host of different factors, uh, including uh, race, uh, income. Household type, household, um, housing, uh, setting. If you're in more closed congregate, uh, or, or like apartments and such, where there's people living a lot, a lot closer to, together. Uh, it also takes into effect, uh, into account, uh, transportation, the ability to get to places and your personal mobility. And, and it creates, uh, sort of a rating so that they can, they can, they can give more. Uh, doses to these more these communities with with higher uh levels of poverty uh uh and more social economic uh and social vulnerabilities um and so the the this the department of health and human services has been using this uh formula and and as a result of it um it i i went and looked at the data asked asked the the state to give me a breakdown of of, of how much uh, vaccine each county health department and each hospital received last week. And uh, Oakland County, for, for example, um, got 7,950 fewer first doses than they would have if it, uh, using. Than they would have if we were just apportioning this um, uh, vaccine by, based on population. And the city of Detroit got a little over 4,800 uh, additional doses uh, using the the SVI formula. At the same time, the um, rural parts of the state, rural counties with high levels of poverty, also um, and low levels of mobility and, and different types of, of factors. They also got increases uh, in, in in the amount of doses. And I, I did this to kind of I'll try to help educate the public, but also help educate some of the legislators who live in those rural areas of the state that some of their counties have benefited. I want to type sort of pulled out and noted is that um, House Speaker Jason Wentworth, who cover who uh, represents a district that includes Clare, uh, east over to Aranac County to, to Lake Huron. Uh, with Gladwin in the middle, um, and uh, Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirkey, who represents uh, south-central Lower Peninsula with Jackson County, Hillsdale, and Branch County. Uh, they collectively, their districts got well over 1,700 additional doses of vaccine last week as a result of, of, the, of the Whitmer administration's use of this formula. So it's not just something that's helping Detroit. But at the end of the day, it does reduce doses in more affluent uh, counties. So uh, o- Oakland, uh, Washtenaw County, uh, Ottawa County and the west side of the state, uh, Charlevoix, Antrim, Grand Traverse, Leelanau, places where there's a lot more uh, concentration of, 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 of wealth and higher uh, per, per capita income, those communities got... Fewer doses than they would have based on the share of population, in order to, put, to redistribute the doses and give and give more, get more, can get them into more communities where there's higher vulnerability of of people contracting this virus.
0: Yeah. And and the irony of of what you said about uh, looking at Republican leaders uh, in their rural counties and and the fact that this uh, index is actually benefiting their constituents uh, is that uh, Republicans in the state legislature recently added language, I believe, to COVID relief funding bills that would stop the use of this index. What is the status of that?
1: It's uh, part that's wrapped up in these bills that's about uh, that have been are on their way to Governor Whitmer's desk. Uh, there's certain multiple bills, uh, appropriating some four billion dollars um, of the five billion dollars that uh, former President Donald Trump signed into law around Christmas uh, that has been uh, held up in the legislature now for uh, well over twelve weeks, um, and and so. But they, they they added some of these provisions, including they want the governor to, to relinquish some of her pandemic powers uh, to uh, uh, close schools or or cancel high school sports um, as, as in exchange for some of that money for schools. So we'll kind of find out here in the next couple of days what the governor is going to. Um, uh, sign all those bills, or veto them, or do some, or maybe just not enforce some of the provisions, uh, and maybe, maybe, maybe force another court battle with the legislature.
0: Mm. It's exciting. <laughs> all right, David in Cellfield, I want to go back to the phones. David, welcome to Detroit today. Uh,
2: yes, um, yes. I just want to say a few words in support of uh, uh, Mayor Duggan. I think what he did was a great and an excellent strategy because. Um, I think what he's trying to do is, um, is make sure Detroit gets the best um, and that he, and he, he, he acts on that perception. And I think the fact that he acted on that perception that Detroit gets the best and uh, that he wants to dress, it, dress Detroit up in the best possible suit of clothes, um, and uh, so he chose what he thought was the best. Because in retrospect, we don't really know exactly how these vaccines are going to actually do. We believe they're effective; they are factors. But in the long term, there are some long-term things that we may not know yet. And as long as he's perceived as doing the best he could do at any point in time, I think that was uh, that's very important. Um, and now this is aside from the science, I know, but I think that the that um, the, the you know we we can't uh, I don't think we can negate the fact that the strategy he used was absolutely superb. And I think it's reasonable that he that he changed the fact that he can he has he has the ability to change his mind uh, based on the, what everyone says. I think in the future it won't be looked down. Detroit will not be looked down upon as getting less than everybody else. Mm, they, and so they, I believe that this was actually a superb strategy. And I, uh, you know, and again we have time to change it. And Changing it and he's doing what needs to be done, and I think it's a sign of great
0: leadership. David, I appreciate the call and I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much for that. Um, you know, I think that the 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 issue here is that it's not just the the decision being made uh, based upon a perception, but it also perpetuates sort of a false perception. Chad, live and good that um, you know that that this isn't just about. Um, and I guess we should also note, not to sound cynical here, the the mayor is running for for a re-election right now. But that, um, you know, that, that, you know, that, you know, when you're a public official and this perception exists, I guess you have a choice whether to act on the perception instead of what the science says. And uh, in in this case, you're you're really uh, in a in a big way, uh, like I said, sort of perpetuating a false narrative.
1: Yeah. I mean, the problem with with the mayor saying this, he wants the best is is Mike Duggan is not an epidemiologist. Uh, he's not even a doctor uh and so he he's not a scientist i mean he he is a lawyer uh, by trade and uh, and been worked in government executive roles uh, yes, he ran a hospital system, but that doesn't mean he he's a scientist and and so he's he's basically uh declaring one better uh, based on of what uh his his reading of uh, of, of of the science, uh, that, that's not uh, that, that just that's the problem with all of all this is that the, the the mayor has has given this uh, has has spread misinformation about a vaccine, and and that misinformation is going to take hold and it probably already has taken hold in some portion of the population, and as a result of it, some people might hold out uh, for a Pfizer or Moderna vaccine, mm. and and sadly, some people might get sick um if they're holding out longer because because they 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 heard this politician say you know this this isn't as good as the other and yeah. that's and that's not what the science says it's not what the experts do actually you know uh who are telling us what you know what's up there and, and, and we've the experts we've come to rely upon like dr fauci like dr Jonay caldoon uh, to tell us uh, you know tell us in level us, with us with the truth about yeah uh, about, about about what this, and, and, is, yeah, and, what this and is doing whole pandemic
0: yeah, yeah, well, Chad Live and good, senior editor with Crane's Detroit business. Thank you so much for joining us here on Detroit today. Always appreciate you taking the time
1: hey, thanks for having me, Jake.
0: All right, that's all for Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer, and for Stephen Henderson, tune in tomorrow. It's been one year since the first confirmed case of coronavirus in Michigan. We'll take a look back and hear from you about where we're at now. This is WDETFM, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. Thanks again for listening.